Hello, everybody. Coming to you live for episode three of the LOL Noel podcast. Live from in my car, and I am so excited because today I have a very special guest for you, and she is somebody that is not only funny and beautiful and intelligent, but she is also my best friend. So, everybody, without further ado, please welcome Hannah Curiata. <sighs> <sighs> That's me. <laughs> Hello. Can I swear on this podcast? Uh, yes, you can swear on this podcast. But mother, if you are listening, or if anybody is listening that may be offended by profanity, just maybe this is a disclaimer. <laughs> so, um, not like we're gonna try to just fill this with as much profanity profanity as possible. But um, if we slip up a little bit, please don't be offended. So, well. We Hello there, bitches! (laughs) It's me, the best friend. You better be jealous, because I'm here, and I'm her best friend, bitches! I like how Hannah's bragging about this, but up until this point, um, I have had very few friends, and so I think everybody that is listening is probably like, yeah, you got stuck with the crazy girl (laughs) i don't think that though because we've both been through so many traumatic relationships in the past like best friend wise or friendship wise yeah that i think we click so well and i'm like um yeah this girl is my soulmate because (laughs) we just get along so well it's so easy honestly that's something that i've been thinking a lot about this year um so like last year i was engaged to a man who was narcissistically abusive to me and I've talked a little bit about that on here before, but um, I heard a quote a few months after the relationship had ended and it said, in order to heal from these abusive relationships, um, you need to actually have healthy and stable relationships. And until Hannah and I became friends, I really didn't know. And like, this isn't to like really like to speak negatively about the other friendships that I'd had in my life, but just Hannah came into my life and we got so close so fast. And it was really like, unlike any friendship that I'd ever had before, because I felt for the first time in so many years, like I was allowed to show up as exactly who I was Mm. that day and not be confined to like this stereotype of like the person that I'd like been around her. And like, we really didn't know a ton about each other when we hung out like for the first time (laughs) oh my gosh to be honest um so we have the way we met is we had a mutual friend and we were at her bachelorette party and that was my first experience with noelle and man i was like this girl's on my level (laughs) and then we hung out multiple times after that all three of us and i asked our mutual friend and i was like "Mm, i think noelle hates me I don't and, think she likes me. And this is not like this is not like something that is super rare that has like this is not something that has never happened to me before because like I don't know what it is but women never think that I like them. And like and historically like I've been in like a lot of like men's roles in the workplace yeah. and so I think like a lot of that male energy that I had to bring to like compete with the guys that I was working with in both sales and management roles um 
meant that that transferred a lot like that that masculine energy transferred a lot to my personal life and I think a lot of women took it as like me either being like conceited or like overly confident Mm -hmm. or like coming across like judgmental when in reality like that wasn't who I was it's just like I come across as like very outgoing and like confident and like I mean the first time that I met Hannah I remember thinking like okay this is like and it's hilarious because I've told Hannah this but like I remember meeting her and like initially I didn't think we were gonna get along but I remember like the reasons that I thought we weren't gonna get along were because I was judging her based off of the things that I judge myself on Mm. which is so messed up to like think about but it's like I knew or like I like I'm like a type a like outgoing personality type person and so for me it's like when I meet somebody else who like almost is that same energy and like threatens me Mm -hmm. or like initially like when I don't know the person I feel like a little bit threatened because like I'm usually like the center of attention or like I'm the outgoing one and like that's not me just like sounding or like that's not me trying to be like all full of myself it's just like that's my personality and so like a lot of times if I meet somebody that's exactly like me Mm -hmm. I judge them so much more harshly (laughs) right off the bat but like (laughs) then we end up being like the best of friends literally like I was like yeah I was like Noelle doesn't like me like I'm pretty sure she hates me and then I think you came over to my place with our mutual friend Mm mm-hmm and you immediately walked in and like I have a lot of like inspirational shit in my um house and I was like and like that's just something that I've always strived towards is like I want to live this incredible life and I don't want to work for a man for the rest of my life and um Noelle walked in she's like where have you been all my life oh my gosh (laughs) and then we like hung out one day and we immediately just freaking clicked yeah and like So, like, I had been kind of in a slump for a few months when I met Hannah. And, like, I mean, by slump, I mean, like, this was, like, months following, like, breaking off my engagement, my dad's death, like, losing my job, a bunch of different things. Um, But, like, I, I used to be very much, like, a visual planner, like, somebody who set a bunch of goals, like... I did bodybuilding, weightlifting, all that kind of stuff. And so when I walked into Hannah's place, I remember seeing, like, this goal board and, like, a dream, like, a vision board and, like, so many different things. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I miss that part of myself. Yeah. And honestly, like, for the first little while of being friends with Hannah, like, it was so cool because it was, like, it was, like, meeting all the parts of myself that I had lost after going through all the trauma that I'd been through and so it was like it was just really cool to like be able to become best friends with somebody that like brought out all the best parts of me again after Mm. like feeling like I'd lost them for so long that's so true like and I feel like a lot of people also try to seek that in like a relationship with a man as well is like you always want them to not to outshine you or complete you but to add to the value of you and to uplift you and to just like bring out the best person of your own and I feel like that's why we've gotten along so well Well. is because we match each other's energies or sometimes Mm -hmm. we're like one's lower one's higher but we're still like there's no perceived like awkwardness yeah or perspective of like oh I'm going to have to mentally prepare myself to go hang out with Noelle because this this and this no it's like okay I'm gonna hang out with Noelle and we're just gonna do whatever comes to us and it's gonna be what it is and like it's really nice because like 
yeah, we'll just sit. Like, we just sat in the backyard tonight. We just, like, <laughs> read poetry and made TikToks and just, like, chatted with each other. Yeah. And it was just so nice to just, like, be able to have a friend like that where you can just be authentically mm-hmm. yourself. And I think that's something that, like, I like that you mentioned. Like, a lot of people look for that in a relationship. And, like, for me personally, like, I never like because I had so many like high pressure jobs in the last few years like I really never and I moved a few times Mm -hmm. and like people's lives changed and like whatever happened but like I really didn't have the time to like cultivate a ton of really good friendships with girls and I found that for a lot of my life like I didn't get along with women the same way that I got along with men because it was like I was going for like those higher pressure roles and like I was more interested in like furthering my career than like getting married and like having like doing the things that like all my girlfriends were doing because most of the people that I know are either engaged or married right now yeah and honestly I was on Facebook the other day and mm -hmm. like every second post was someone pregnant or just had their baby or got engaged or married I was like like essentially that like same thing with Noelle as well as like we were both in a really committed relationship Mm -hmm. we were both engaged to be married last year we both end of our engagement Mm -hmm. last year which we I think that's why we bonded so much but like when you think about it like a lot of people look like and so anyways or so for me like I I think a lot of the things that I or a lot of the reasons that a lot of my relationships before this point failed Besides the fact that I dated egotistical, narcissistic, abusive men. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, (laughs) casually going to slip that in there. Um, Casually. But besides that was because I really didn't have a lot of different cups to drink from. If If you know what I mean. Like, I mean... Like, I was looking for everything to come from that one person that Mm, I had. mm -hmm. And so, like, I would be in a relationship and, like, I wanted to spend all my time with that person. Like, because, like, that's what most of my friends were doing. And, like, and, like, I grew up in, like, a Christian community that, like, pretty much, like, like, was very big on, like, the no sex before marriage and, like, all that stuff. And so, it's, like, obviously people are going to get married younger. But it was, like... I felt like I had missed the boat and everybody else had like this best friend in this person that they were marrying. Mm. And so I was like putting all my eggs in that basket. And so I was going out and I was trying to like get in shape and I was trying to get a good job. And I was trying to be this woman that deserved this man's like a man's full-time attention. And what I've realized this year and what God has like really blessed me with in so many ways is like, so many different friendships and different kinds of relationships that I've been able to draw from in the last like year that really have made me understand that like you can't put all your eggs in one basket relationship wise because you're going to get different things from different people. Like I can hang out with you and like we can have a night like we just did. And like, I would never ever read the things that I'd wrote to like most of my other friends. Yeah. I would never share that with anybody. We would never do the things that you and I do. Yeah. And then I'll go and hang out with like another one of my friends and I'll get completely different things. Mm. And I think that's something that you realize. And like, I don't know about you, but like, as I grow up, I realize that like, you really need to have a variety of people in your community that are your support systems. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Like, 
I see you as my best friend, but I also see, like, my mom as my best friend because she was yeah. there through the hardest point in my life. And, like, I know a lot of people say, your, like, your mom is your best friend, but, like, we really got closer after. Like, I went through a depressive state last year, and I slumped really low. And she was the one person who really dug me out. Same thing with my sister. Like, I really, I do believe that each person that you have in your life that is healthy for you brings a very special added value to your relationships mm-hmm. instead of um like overwhelming who you are and like I totally agree you don't have just one person who fits all the bubbles because mm-hmm. that's completely impossible for mm-hmm. you to imagine this like it perfectly shaped person because no one's out there like that well and, and then that ends up ruining so many of your relationships when mm-hmm. you're expecting everybody to give you what you need mm-hmm. instead of expecting to get what you need from everybody in your life exactly and wow that was sometimes I surprise myself when I, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Noelle always surprises me too because so, like, I was listening to her poetry today and I was just like did you write that for me like I feel like you wrote that for me and she's like no I wrote this like three years ago I'm like dude that yeah. was like written for me <laughs> Gosh, just so like to. She's so poetic with words. I'm also very baked right now, and (laughs) And like, (laughs) and this is something I've actually talked. I think I've talked about this on a a previous episode of this podcast, but if not, um, I started using medicinal marijuana a few years ago for my health issues. So I've had like chronic fatigue and chronic pain issues for like years, and um. Back in, like, 2016, I think it was, um, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism, and so I was sleeping, like, four hours a night. I was, like, I had heart palpitations, like, so many things, and it was just, like, ruining my life. And I started using marijuana medicinally, got it prescribed by my doctor, and my life was literally changed. And so, like, I, like, I don't, like, go out there and, like, just smoke for the sake of smoking and like getting super messed up and like Hannah's laughing as I say this because like I will I I definitely consume a decent amount of marijuana (laughs) coming from someone who used to smoke all the time in high school when it wasn't legal but now I'm like I can't I just don't have the same tolerance Hannah doesn't smoke at all not at all (laughs) but anyways um yeah so like I'm I'm kind of downplaying it a little bit but anyways um but I but I don't like prescription medication so that's the other element of this Mm -hmm. is like I will use marijuana for like my appetite my sleep my like my joint pain because it's a good anti-inflammatory yeah And, like, so many other... So many of those things. And so, like, although I use it quite frequently, I'm not ever, like, getting to the point... Like, I've seen these videos on TikTok recently of people that were, like, literally crying. And, like, they look like they're just, like, having a rough time. And, like... But, yeah, like, I'll never bring myself to that point. No. Like, it's, like, I get myself to the point where, like, I can actually, like converse about Function. like yeah and like talk about good things and I'm not in pain anymore yeah. and I'm not nauseous and I'm and I can sleep and like those things are like that's why it's beneficial for me yeah. but like but yeah so like nine times out of ten when I'm podcasting um what helps me like actually get inspired inspired and like just break through that like wall of kind of like anxiety mm-hmm. and like break into like my creative juices is like I'll have a joint and 
Um, it's completely legal. Yep, yeah, it's completely legal. Here in um, <laughs> obviously, make sure that you're talking to your doctor, making smart decisions. Um, this is not a podcast where I am going to give you advice on marijuana consumption, <laughs> uh, but I will be open and honest about my experience because that is what this podcast is. But anyways, um, yeah, so I don't know where we were. I really don't know where you were going with that, but that's, that was great. It was just a good side note. Like I just, <laughs> just wanted, I just like one of the things that I really want to do on this podcast is be like super transparent and open and like yeah. just... Because, like, that's something that I've struggled with over the last few years is, like, feeling like I had to fit into a mold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, leaving, after leaving the corporate world and kind of, like, trying to figure out, like, what I want to do in order to, like, make an income that doesn't involve working a nine-to-five, um, I've realized, like, how many things in my life I was doing just because it was the right thing to do mm. or it wasn't or, like just because I was supposed to or like I was only sharing certain parts of myself because I was worried about what it might give off and like yeah you were trying to fit into a mold and people yeah, yeah and people please and like what I've realized is like people are gonna make judgments or assumptions no matter what you do yeah but like like if you're if you're good with what you're doing mm-hmm and if your conscience is clear mm-hmm. and if you're not feeling any guilt or shame about your actions and if you have an answer like because if people ask me about my marijuana consumption I don't tell them that like oh yeah like man I get baked every day like so great like I will educate them and I will caution them and I will give them information that I think is useful based yeah. on my experience and how it's helped you. Yeah, yeah. And how it's helped me. But, but that's all we can really do. And that's the thing is like, people are going to judge you based on anything you do. And like, Seriously. for me, I'd rather be smoking a lot of marijuana than, um, taking a lot of prescription drugs. Yeah. And for me, that exchange and like having the natural option versus like, big pharma is so worth it and like if Mm -hmm. people look at me and they're like oh she's such a stoner it's like I don't really care because like you probably take twice as many pills as I do yeah and the side effects for those aren't great so honestly that's like I feel that so much it's like I was on some heavy depression and anti-anxiety medication last year when I was in a slump and I tried my hardest my hardest to get off of those because of how lifeless I felt Mm -hmm. on those and like I don't I don't smoke marijuana but I did a lot of counseling I saw a lot of therapists and 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 worked on myself mentally and physically and emotionally um but I can totally relate to that as they just drain you and they wreck your body yeah and like I up until this point in my life I basically like refused to take any kind of pill um, like I didn't want to be on, uh, antidepressants. I didn't want to be on like anything. Like I, I had to stop taking Tylenol because it was like burning a hole in my stomach. And mm. like, that was a part of re- part of the reason that I started smoking marijuana was because like I was in so much pain every day that like I was up to taking like eight extra strength Tylenols a wow. day and I'm allergic to Advil. Wow. And so for me, I was like, I don't have any other options. Like And I need something that works. And, like, the Tylenol was making my stomach so sick Mm -hmm. that, like, I had to stop taking it completely. Mm -hmm. And, like, it wasn't until 
January of this year, like a a few months after my dad's passing that I actually did end up going on antidepressants Mm -hmm. and it was more because like, I felt like after all the trauma that I went through that last year with like, and like, this is a huge story of like, like just like losing my job, like my dad's death. Like I basically went through like a spiritual awakening slash like spiritual warfare, um, breaking off my engagement, a house filled with toxic mold, like all of those things. Um, I felt like I, I got to January of this year and like the physical symptoms of depression had become like too much to manage. And so it wasn't even like that mentally I couldn't handle dealing with the depression on my own because like I had pulled myself through years of like, or like for years, like with my mental health by like journaling and like kind of doing my own like cognitive behavioral therapy and like really just like and like I'd been to therapy and stuff and so like mentally I was like I could handle it it was just like it felt like my physical body just like was depressed Mm -hmm. and so I ended up going on antidepressants and like I'm gonna slowly start transitioning off of them pretty soon here but like and that and for that reason of Mm -hmm. exactly what you said like I feel like every time I laugh it feels like there's just like something missing like Mm. it's like there's an emptiness. Yeah, like, there's yeah. no real joy behind the laugh. And yeah. I kind of just feel like I am going through life kind of, like, numb to everything. And it's like, I don't feel bad, but I don't feel great. And That's like, exactly how I felt on my antidepressants. A hundred percent. Like, I... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're speaking my words, girl. Because <laughs> I definitely, like, when I was going through my depressive state, like, I... Like, even looking back on it and having conversations with my family and them seeing it firsthand is, like... I was in a slump for two years and didn't even notice it. But I yeah. was, like... <laughs> sad to say but I was dead to the world like I had no emotion in me I was not the same bubbly person that I was that people know me for yeah because I am a social butterfly Mm -hmm. and I was not that person for two years and then I started seeking help going on antidepressants but I really like I really feel (laughs) like like they are good for a point and they're good to help people get out of something Mm -hmm. or numb something that's already there but I don't think they're good long term well and like so the thing that, like, bothers me about antidepressants is, like, a lot of doctors will put patients on antidepressants, and that's pretty much all they'll do. Mm-hmm. And so then what that does is that pumps you full of these feel-good chemicals and, like, causes you to feel, like, better-ish. Mm-hmm. But if you've gone through a trauma, like, if you haven't dealt with, like, the cause of your depression, which, like, takes some, like therapy or it takes some journaling or it takes like Mm -hmm. actually reflecting on how you feel about your life because like depression doesn't just show up like it comes from somewhere and it could be like you're acting inauthentically and you don't feel like you're living up to your potential it could be from like a relationship that's draining you it could be from a job that's draining you it could be your space that's draining you like Mm -hmm. depression like it's not just a chemical imbalance like there's things in your life that that you might have suppressed Mm -hmm. that you might need to deal with and so like antidepressants like in that sense it it's so toxic to be on them long term because it doesn't help people actually get to the root cause of their depression and that's something that like over the last few years I've really like dived into and like did a lot of like self-reflection on and like that's something that kind of backs up like the research that goes into like psychedelics being used for the treatment of depression and because like 
in theory, and again, this is not me giving medical advice for, to anybody. Do your own research. Look up whatever you want to. But this is something that I read a lot about this year. And a lot of new companies are being legalized in Canada to do psychedelic treatment for depression. Um, but basically, when you take uh, psychedelics, what it does is it unlocks... Um, different areas of your brain that you may have trauma. And so for people with PTSD, for people with depression, for people with anxiety, um, it'll allow you to get in touch with the feelings that you've been suppressing that are underneath the surface that are causing your depression and your anxiety. And so like a lot of people will talk about, like you'll have a bad trip on psychedelics, but in reality, what it is, is the psychedelics will bring these emotions that you have under underneath the surface up And if you are with somebody that's a licensed professional that can guide you through and help you talk about those things and help you unlock those different areas, then they will not have power over you anymore because you're getting to the root cause of your depression, your anxiety, and the things that you haven't been able to come to terms with up until that point. And that's why... I don't believe in prescription antidepressants. <laughs> so that was a really random, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyways. like a 20 minute rant on antidepressants. So but yeah, okay, where did <laughs> get we? Therapy, <laughs> my get therapy, my friends. therapy. Therapy is the best freaking thing in the entire <laughs> world. Obviously, it's gonna, like, if you feel like you don't have a good therapist, chances are you probably need to see someone else because there is you are never gonna like it took me three to four different types of therapists to finally find my girl my girl is the best in the world and I will stand by that because she gets me and we chat like I don't know like she's helped me through so much but like no one therapist will be the same for every person see I go I go see a man and I think he is the best therapist on the entire planet like man when I was so when I was 23 years old I got hired to be a director with a national company (laughs) and I went through like this period at the beginning where like I had severe imposter syndrome Mm. because I interviewed against like 15 other people that were like twice my age that had years of experience they had education I never went to university like had like one and a half years experience in like a high level sales role same and like basically like somehow got hired for this executive role and so I went to see that like I went to see this guy because I was really struggling like I just I was like I don't know how to act like I don't feel like I'm 23 years old but like I don't know how old I feel because like I've got this super high level job where I'm managing 50 year olds Mm, and I'm like the youngest person in the office, but like, I'm still like working with like these huge clients and like, I have so much responsibility and like, and, but I'm the only person my age and like, I can't really like confide in any of the people that I work with because I'm managing them. Yeah. And it was so weird. And, like, I remember going in to see him and just being, like, I don't know how to deal with this because it's, like, I just feel so isolated. And I just, I feel like I don't know how to act my age anymore because, like, I have so much responsibility on my shoulders and, like, so there's so many expectations on my behavior. And I was, like, I feel like I'm missing out on this huge part of my life because, like, I don't know how to act 23. Mm -hmm. And I remember the advice that he gave to me and it was, it still is, like just 
etched in my brain because this was like one of the most profound things that anybody's ever said to me. But he was like, okay, like you're sitting here in like feeling like whatever age you think you feel like or whatever, like you don't know. Imagine 23 year old you is sitting in the chair across from you. And he was like, what advice would you give her about how you should be acting about how she should be acting differently? And I remember just like all of a sudden something clicked in my brain and it was like, well, I mean, nothing like, like there's like, I don't really know what you're supposed to do at 23. Like there's no, like, I was like, it sounds so stupid, but I all of a sudden realized I was like, like, like it's all a fabrication. Like all, (laughs) like all of these, and that sounds, I'm like giggling so much explaining this because like it sounds so stupid, but it's like every single thing that you think you're supposed to do or you're like everything, everything you think you should do or like that society tells you should do is mm. like literally a fabrication mm. of like this like unspoken random collective narrative of like what is normal and like all of this stuff. And as soon as I realized that I was like, oh my gosh, like I could be the coolest freaking 23 year old ever because Everybody that meets me is going to be like, you are not 23. And I'll be like, yes, I am. And I have this awesome job and I manage people twice my age. And now I'm going to own it because I don't feel like I'm not 23. Because I was like, age is literally just this random, ambiguous measurement of like our existence on this floating rock. (laughs) And it just is used so that other people can feel comfortable and know whether like we've had roughly the same amount of life experiences as the other person that we're talking to because we're like oh you're five years older than me like what things have you learned that I haven't it's literally a unit of measurement Mm -hmm. that is like a way to navigate our time from birth to death literally (laughs) like oh don't even get me started with this this like whole concept of how we should be living and how we should be raised it's just like it's such an old school way especially with like how vastly the internet and technology has developed over the last handful of years it's like we are so programmed in our mind to be like okay well at this age you're gonna go to college at this age you're gonna get married at this age you're gonna have kids and it's like no like it's okay not to know what the hell you want to do at 23. If you want to be a big time management person <laughs> at 23, that's okay because you not only you have the confidence, but you have the skill. Not saying like you don't always have to have the experience. Like I've got hired so many times yes. on jobs just by how I carry myself, mm-hmm. how well I learn things, how fast I learn mm-hmm. things. I have no education either. I went to school to become a paramedic. I did it for a year. It's not what I wanted to do mm-hmm. at the end of the day, but I had this preconceived idea from Grey's Anatomy that it was going to be wonderful. <laughs> it wasn't. But, well, like, I just, like, I think it's so it's so interesting that you say it. It's like, look at your 23 self. What would you say? You're like, no, like, you can do whatever you want at any age. And it's yeah. like, look at some of these big time people of like, they were 60 sometimes when they started their business mm-hmm. and now they're multi-billionaires. It's, yep. It doesn't matter what age you are. You can do whatever you want as long as you yep. set your mind to it. And honestly, that's like, if I had any advice to pass on to people that are like just coming out of high school, because like when I came out of high school, I literally felt like, okay, like everybody knows what they want to do, but I don't know. And 
I like was personal training for a little while and like I switched careers and switched a bunch of different things like so many different times yeah. and I remember I remember thinking to myself like I am so like I'm gonna be so undesirable as like a candidate for jobs and like whatever and like I've just like I've botched it like I should have gone to university like I should have I should have, like, done all the same things as, like, my peers did and, like, yeah. all this stuff. Magic piece of paper of a, of a Yeah. And then, like, and then after a few, like, really difficult years where, like, I, like, I painted houses. I worked at Lululemon. Like, I worked at a gym. I moved to Saskatoon and was a legal assistant and, like, moved back and, like, just had all these weird jobs. Then I got this random job, like, by complete fluke. And became, like, actually, in my first two years of employment with this company, I was named president of the company. Oh, my God. And, like, and I say that with, like, a little bit of jest because, like, the owner of this company was, like, definitely just, like, an idiot. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, so, like, imagine being told that you're the president of Dunder Mifflin paper products Ooh, girl and <laughs> assistant to the assistant manager yeah assistant <laughs> to the assistant manager it's like kind of like that it's like they gave me the business it's cards Dwight. where i had the title president and it was really cool for a little while um but my boss basically promoted and demoted me every like three seconds and so it really didn't mean anything because like not shortly after that I started taking stress leave and then ended up like quitting and basically suing and for legal reasons I'm not gonna say anymore but um yeah, stop there <laughs> but yeah and then like after that it was like all of a sudden I was getting headhunted by like recruiters and like I was getting contacted and like people wanted me to work for them and I was like and like coming out of like my first ever corporate job with like no education I was like super overwhelmed and then like I got that executive level position and then like when I got laid off last year because of COVID or well <laughs> because of COVID um that's a long story too uh but again for legal reasons um anyways um but like it wasn't until I got laid off and then like my like my life kind of fell apart right after that and I took all these months off that I realized like how toxic that nine to five life is. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what we were talking about before? Know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. It's really late. Um, and I think, um, I think on that note, <laughs> mostly because like I'm not sure where the rest of this will go if we I'm continue. Not even sure like what we started with <laughs> i really i really hope that everybody that has made it this far if you're hearing this right now means we posted it <laughs> if you're hearing the or what's that thing if you're if you're reading this if you're reading i don't know <laughs> that the drake album cover yeah. if you're reading this it's too late no yeah but, like, at the same time, like, we just wanted... I guess this is more of an intro to us as best friends because yeah. we're going to do so many other podcasts and like, together. And I said this on my last episode, I'm pretty sure, that, like, I wanted to make this podcast, like, a super spur-of-the-moment kind of, like, fun project for me to do and just to share, like, things that are going on in my life and things that my friends and I are going through and, like, things that we're thinking about and talking about and 
conversations at 10.59 p.m. on a random Tuesday, Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> I have to work tomorrow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks for tuning in to episode three of the LOL Noel podcast. We love you all. Love you. Good Bye, night. Bye, bitches.